my name is Mercer and you're listening to The Confidence Fighter. I'm so pleased to announce that we have recently won a silver award at the British Podcast Awards. This was totally unexpected and thank you for all your support. If you want to learn more about my podcast, you can follow me on Instagram at The Confidence Fighter. I hope you enjoy this episode and don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Hello, and today I'm delighted to welcome Miranda Hart as my special guest on The Confidence Fighter. Miranda, can you tell me a bit about yourself and your story? Well, hi, Myrtle. Very excited to speak to you. Um, My story, how long have you got? I'll do it in about three hours. (laughs) Is that all right? Talking all about, I was born in 14th of December, 1972. Um, My story, well... Such a lovely question, that, because we all have stories and they're so important to be able to celebrate our stories, I think, and um, believe that our stories have an impact. Anyway, that's an aside. My story is that I was a quite an anxious and sensitive child and I had three big dreams and they were to either be an actress or comedian, to be a professional tennis player or to go and work in Africa and save the wild animals. And those are still my three big dreams. And one of them came true. And I ended up following the one that made more sense and that my kind of skills steered me towards. And I still can't believe really that my so many actual dreams of mine have come true. So I I um, put on plays at university. Then I went to the Edinburgh Festival for 10 years. And then I got started to get small parts in sitcoms um and other little roles and then eventually a producer came to see a show of mine after doing 10 years at the Edinburgh Festival and said why don't you pitch a show for the BBC and I pitched Miranda and then would have had no clue what that it was the success it was and then that led to other TV roles and here we are um so yeah that's my broad story it as it doesn't include a family um includes a dog um, but no, it obviously excludes marriage and kids. I think a lot of people, when you become famous or successful, they think that it's been a very easy journey and it it comes with a lot of sacrifice and it took a good 15 years to from university to Miranda being on air. And so there's lots of sacrifices within that story, but generally, and lots of hard work, but generally, yeah, this, if I look back to how I was at your age or younger, I was dreaming to be an actress and it, it came true. What was your experience like at school? I loved school. Do you like school or do you not like school? Yeah, I love school. Do you? I think most people say that they don't like school. So I think we're, we're um, I'm glad you like school as well. But. I was at boarding school and it just suited me so well because I love a structure. So um, I, my, one of my favourite sayings is, you must relax within a structure. So even at weekends, I'm like, right, what time is lunch? Then we'll go for a walk. I like my little structures. So I loved that about boarding school. And then I loved the fact that there was lots of sport because I was... 
a lacrosse player and just loved playing lacrosse that all your friends were just always there it was sort of it supported and held all my interests so I liked being silly in the dorm a few practical jokes don't tell anyone Myrtle um <laughs> lots of very silly things went on so I was able to be silly but also sort of safe and encouraged and do my sport and follow my passions. So it suited me brilliantly. I had a great time. In fact, I, I think things have gone downhill ever since, Myrtle. <laughs> when did you realise you wanted to go into acting and the entertainment industry? Um, when I was very young, actually, probably six or seven. Um, I remember watching some comedians on the television uh, which you won't have heard of because I'm so old now <laughs> um, and they were, they were called Morecambe and Wise in fact what you should do for me Myrtle is you should look them up with your friends and see if you find them funny at all now because I'd be really <laughs> interested you can look up the two Ronnies and Morecambe and Wise they'll all be on YouTube see what you think <laughs> um, and I used to watch them and apparently I had this very serious um sort of stony face and I'd stare at the television and my parents would say are you enjoying it and I would go it is hilarious really <laughs> seriously because I think I was studying it and thinking I want to do this I want to be silly for a living I want to make people laugh I think laughter is really important and I think being an anxious and sensitive child as I was I needed laughter. I loved it when people laughed. It made me feel less anxious. And so I thought, yeah, that's what I want to do. And also I love the fact that older people were being silly. Yeah. You know, I, I don't like rules. I don't like, um, I mean, as in some rules are really important, but I don't like, we must all be on our best behaviour. We must all be formal. Um, you know, it's all bit overly polite. We mustn't be us. You know, I, I always wanted to just be big and free and silly and loud. And so, yeah. What advice would you give to your 13 year old self if you could go back in time? Um, well, obviously, that was only about 10 years ago. Um, <clears throat> um, do you know what I'd love to say to my 13 year old self? I'd love to just be on her shoulder all the time encouraging her and I'd love to just be constantly whip, whispering in her ear and saying you're okay you're you're really you're doing really well and listen I'd say to her listen to your inner compass and by that I mean listen to how you feel about situations and what you want to do and what feels right to you. So, so quite often I would make friends with the wrong people because they were the cool people or because I felt like I should be friends with them or I should go to that party. Or if I have a birthday party, it should be a really big one and it should be a disco or something. And actually I just wanted four people to watch telly and eat a huge amount of pizzas. <laughs> so I would just keep saying to myself, you know, don't go straight. Listen, listen to who you are underneath all the noise or all, all the rules or kind of, yeah, don't, don't bend. I don't, don't bend. I'd say don't <laughs> bend. 
don't be a gymnast. Don't bend, don't bend your way. Does that make sense? Like, listen to who you are inside and say what you feel. I wish I'd express more how I felt emotionally. I felt like I wasn't allowed to do that. And I think that's really important. Um, so, yeah, I just I just be this really kind, encouraging voice and just say, yeah, you what you feel is allowed and what you want to do is allowed. So speak up and follow your own path. What's the biggest risk you've ever taken? The biggest risk? Um, it's funny because at the time they don't really seem like risks. I think I'm lucky because I'm actually quite, I've got a kind of self-confidence and an adventurous spirit where I just think, let's just try that. It doesn't matter what happens. <laughs> so you could say that it was a real risk to say that I wanted to be a comedian because I put on shows at the village hall at my parents' village and I think they thought, this is mortifying. This is going to be so embarrassing. We've got, got to invite all our friends and she's going to be terrible. But I didn't see it as a risk. I just thought, well, if people don't laugh, that will make me laugh, actually. And at least I've given it a try. So I don't think I ever really saw... And I could say that it was a real risk to pitch. When the BBC said, what do you want to pitch... Um, to us for a show I said I'd like to do a studio audience sitcom where I look to camera and they said that's such a massive risk the BBC won't go for that that's not what's going on at the moment that's not the kind of show they're doing and I said but that's the show I want to do that's my vision so I stay. I really stayed in my I listened to my inner compass then Myrtle <laughs> I listened to my own advice and um, but that was a big risk but generally I think with work things or big dreams, I they've just haven't felt like a risk. I've just thought, what's the worst that could happen? People will laugh at me, which would be a good thing in my profession, or people, or I'd fail, and that doesn't that I'm lucky that doesn't worry me. But I do think risks for me are more in relationships and friendships. So I think a risk for me is I'm glad I risked opening up and being honest with friends about how, how I feel. Um, and I've got some really solid, close friendships because of that. But that is a risk because you it's a risk that somebody may not understand you or you may not. Yeah, you may be laughed at or they may think you're weird or stupid or whatever. But actually, if you dare to open up, then you get end up with some really close friendships. What was your inspiration for writing Miranda? Um, I think my inspiration in the first instance was simply to make people laugh because I just believe in the power of laughter so much. I believe in the power of 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 playing. You know, at, at your age, you're all really good at playing and being being in the moment and having energy and um, finding the fun in situations and never lose that is my advice. But so my first thing was to kind of to make people laugh. And then in terms of the character of Miranda, I wanted people to see somebody who perhaps felt like them, because I think in all of us, there's somebody who 
feels like they don't fit in. It feels like they should be really good on a date or they should have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or they should have a really good job and really, really brilliant in interviews and socially, you know, very confident and all those things we all feel that we should be. Um, and Miranda just wanted to gallop about, um, play Biscuit Blizzard, <laughs> sing and dance. I uh, can't think now of all the silly things. We'll run a joke shop, make fruit friends. And I just thought, I just, I, my inspiration therefore was I want to show that it's fine for adults to go on that journey to be themselves. And of course, as she tried to do that, everything just always went wrong because when she tried to go to a posh party, she'd end up singing. Or if she tried to go to a sushi bar, she'd end up stuck on the conveyor belt. <laughs> so that's probably something that hasn't happened to everybody. But I think everybody can recognise the the fear of, of that happening or the fear of being the fool. And so I thought, well, if this does really well, this show, I'm going to she will eventually love and accept herself and she will eventually get together with Gary. And so I was lucky enough to be able to write the whole thing. Which Miranda episode was the one you laughed the most at when you were filming? Um, well, funnily enough, I was going to say, we didn't laugh that much because actually it's quite... We film it in front of a live audience, studio audience. So if we ever do any more, and I've no idea if we do, but you'll have to come and be in the audience, obviously, my little front row <laughs> for you, special guest. Um, so we did it in front of an audience. We had three days to rehearse a half-hour episode. It's like doing a play on television. So it's incredibly hard work. So actually, there's not that much. I had a cast and crew that were so brilliant and dedicated and really wanted to make it as good as possible there wasn't actually that much time to laugh but we occasionally did I tell you who is the worst laugher Patricia Hodge who plays Penny <laughs> and sometimes she'd come into the shop and she'd see Miranda and Stevie jumping around or something and she'd just burst out laughing and walk back out of the shop um but I tell you the thing that really got me for some reason was um, I don't know if you know the episode where the good-looking new chef comes in and um, all the girls stand up and start singing Grease because he's called Danny. I don't know if you know Grease. Yeah. And then Miranda curtsies and then does a fart and pretends she hasn't <laughs> farted. And it was so funny because when we were doing it in front of the audience, we played in a fart noise. So it was like a sound effect. But the audience didn't realise it. it sounded so real that they thought I genuinely farted. <laughs> so the laugh was so loud. And I remember doing that whole thing of sort of, I wish people could see you now, but you know when you sort of try and not laugh and you kind of <laughs> push your lips together. But we then lost it. And then every time he came, we did it a few times, every time he came in and we started singing, we started crying with laughter. And also there was another episode where... In the which is my favourite episode, which is the psychiatrist office episode with just Penny and Miranda, really. <laughs> and there was one thing which we'd never rehearsed before that we did in front of the live audience at the beginning, 
where they get a um I don't know why I'm laughing at my own my own stuff. They get <laughs> one of those big water what are they call like you get a water cooler in an office, you know, you flick the big switch on and you can put your bottle underneath or your cup underneath. Yeah. Cool. Anyway. And um so the joke was that we get it stuck on and then we're thinking, quick, we've got to find lots of jars and mugs to, you know, not let this water go everywhere. And we'd never rehearsed it and the water was just flowing everywhere and I could see Patricia laughing and I was just whispering to her, carry on, carry on. <laughs> and I grabbed the man's briefcase and, put, oh gosh. So that really made me laugh. Happy memories. What words of wisdom would you give to girls like me forging their way forging their way through the teenage years? Well, first I'd teach them how to say forging. <laughs> <laughs> Joke. Um for, for forging. It's a good word actually, forge. No one would like that word. Forge. Plunge. Um <laughs> I can't remember what you said now. What was I, what advice did I give to you? Well, I think I would say the same to what I wanted to say to my 13-year-old self, which is listen to your I'd say two things. Firstly, listen to your inner compass, your inner voice. And when something doesn't feel right, dare to say no. Or dare to go in the opposite direction. Don't be swayed with what the sort of current trends are or the so-called cool people are saying to do or or you know that you think you need to have the right job ideas sorted out or 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 you think you need to know what you want to do with your life at a young age none just just it doesn't matter everyone's path is different so just listen to your internal voice and follow what's true for you and get to know yourself really well. Get to know what you love. Get to know how you feel about things. Get to, if you, if you like me, I wish I'd known that I hated big parties and that actually they were very tiring for me and I didn't make friends there and just had said no and not gone. Um, this is a really small example. So I'd say get to know yourself. Allow yourself to feel how you feel. Share what you feel. Because if you free yourself, you free others. So if you say, I'm feeling scared today, it allows somebody else to say, so do I. And it's fine to feel to feel scared or sad or upset or that's just as valid as any other emotions. It's just as valid as feeling joyful or excited. It's just a feeling and it passes. So I'd say that, get to know yourself, allow yourself to feel what you feel, share how you feel to free others. And then my final thing would be, also go out and be a blessing. So also at the same time as getting to know yourself, think about other people and think, what today can I do? I was going to say, what today can you do to make yourself feel proud? But I suppose that's sort of what I'm saying. Like, what today can I do to be a blessing to other people? Or what what random act of kindness can I do so that I hit the pillow and go, yeah, it was a blessing. And, and that, so therefore... My grades don't matter. What I'm going to do for a living doesn't matter. The fact that I don't feel like I've got the right friends or I said the wrong thing, that doesn't matter. I was a blessing today. That's my jumble of advice for you. 
when do you feel scared and lacking in confidence and what do you do to help you in these situations I'll tell you a secret I feel scared most mornings I wake up I don't know why I think that's just some people are wired some people are morning people and leap out of bed and go yes another day I feel so energetic and excited and I'll just go for a three mile run before I bake my breakfast um but I wake up with a sort of oh gosh am I going to get through the day is it going to be all right and so I've had to learn to just when that that thought comes in I just say stop that's just a thought you're strong and you're powerful and you can capable you can get through the day and then I start naming things that I'm grateful for that happened the day before so it can be really small things like you know watching a funny dog or a beautiful view or laughing with a friend or whatever and then that immediately starts making me feel more positive take some deep breaths think about how I'm going to be a blessing and get up who inspires you um gosh so many people I think lots of entertainers and actors always used to inspire me but now I think everyone inspires me because I think people who overcome difficulties inspire me people who can be peaceful and accepting of very difficult things they inspire me and people who dare to put their voice out there and follow what they want to do and say all the things I've said before, like sharing what you want to do and how you feel. So I tell you who inspires me right now, you, Myrtle. Because you've done a very brave and vulnerable thing here by saying, oh, I've got this idea of this podcast. I know it would be a blessing for other people. And there's a risk there, isn't there? There's a risk that people may not like it. There's a risk that you may think, oh, did I do a good job? There's a risk, who am I going to get to speak to? you know but yet you've gone no it's not a risk I'm going to completely follow that so you're my hero right now Myrtle what is the biggest mistake you've ever made doing this podcast (laughs) (laughs) huge huge mistake blessing it completely no um obviously I'm joking this is really fun by the way um, my biggest mistake, well, we sort of make mistakes every day, don't we? I tell you what my biggest mistake is. I don't think I've made like a really, really terrible mistake. Maybe a couple of friendships that I shouldn't have forged. Oh, and I smoked once for about six years. That's a big mistake. Don't be doing that. Um, healthy choices, please, people. But my biggest mistake would be regretting my mistakes or constantly thinking about my mistakes. So I then I then acquired a very fierce inner critic. And what I mean by that is a voice that kept saying, you could have done the day better. Why did you say that? Um, you weren't, you're not wearing the right clothes. You don't, you, you look too scruffy. Or you you didn't do that exam well enough or whatever it was I was too I was too negative on myself and focusing on my mistakes instead of 
instead of just focusing on which I do now just celebrating myself and being grateful for what I have and learning from mistakes so I think that's I think that's the only mistakes because there aren't such things as mistakes there's only learning we always learn from our mistakes and everyone makes them but if you start worrying about your mistakes then you can become very self-critical and that's that's no good because we're all uniquely beautifully perfectly wonderfully made yeah to finish on what would your final piece of advice or your overall piece of advice be to a girl like me I think it would be that to remind you and your friends and anyone listening that you are beautifully uniquely wonderfully made so therefore you are not a mistake you can't make mistakes you have unique skills a unique reason for being on this planet at this time there's only one of you not only at this time that you're on earth but in the whole of the history of man and womankind there's only one of you ever so therefore you can be really confident in in knowing that if you follow your instincts that you are you're perfect and loved and accepted and can give yourself all the self-worth and esteem you need mm. thank you so no, much I hear an amen you. sister that felt like a <laughs> sort of preaching moment I mean you know call me pastor Miranda or something <laughs> I also hope it made sense. It made sense yeah. to me. Thank you so much for talking to me today. That was really fun. Thanks, Myrtle. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode of The Confidence Fighter and you're using Apple Podcasts, I would really appreciate a rating and review because this means other young girls can find this podcast more easily. Don't forget to subscribe. See you next time.